0: Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 26, and we have a great show for you today. We're going to be doing a little bit of catch-up. We're going to talk about mimosas and how we like to have brunch. We're also going to be discussing a little bit of office politics, the introverts versus the extroverts during this COVID work-from-home situation. We also have a listener question, and uh, Dr. Myron's going to jump in on that because there's some questions about booster shots. We're also going to talk about a lot of news. Tesla's new robot, the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine, people taking deworming medications, Facebook's metaverse for the workplace called the Horizon Workroom and we're gonna wrap some things up with some changes that uh, Google has announced in regard to Android Auto and a lot of turmoil on the Google Pay team all this and more coming up on the Sunday brunch enjoy Welcome to the Sunday Brunch of Weekly News Show where we ask the big questions on the week's tech, science, and medicine. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Matt, and I am joined every week by my good friend and co-host, Dr. Marty. How has your week been?
1: Uh, Matt, it is always a respite to have brunch with you, and whatever my week had been, it becomes 10 times better when I am having a mimosa on a computer screen across from you.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you if there's any opportunity to to drink uh, during d- during the brunch, I I'm always fine. And now, are you a mimosa purist? Are you strictly orange juice in champagne, or or do you mix the juices?
1: Okay, yeah, I have a problem. Sometimes the spirit of Martha, Martha Stewart will um, will uh, kind of possess me, and I will make like mango mimosas or. Uh, like a, a Bellini or uh, like, and then I'll try finding interesting exotic fruits to cut into fun shapes to put on the sides of the glasses. Like I might really go a bit, I have friends that tease me so much. Cause when there's a brunch drink involved, I'm not a, like a mixologist or whatever one might call somebody who, who really invests in this. But brunch to me is a time of that. If you're going to serve a drink, there's, there's no prettier meal than brunches. Cause there's so much fruit that's there that's available including with the drinks, so you get bright colors mixed with greens and um, with bubbles and, and nice sounds. Like, it's a really nice meal. So um, I like to add to that drink side of things a lot of color, and to me it's an aesthetic experience. How snobby was that?
0: That you're, You sound really crafty. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the pomegranate juice and the orange juice with the mm-hmm. mimosa. I really like that. But I'm also I, I just like sparkling wine. So, so so a lot of times, like I was I was at brunch uh, with some good friends and they we had several bottles of sparkling wine that we opened and tried it. And I, I just like it. I mean, I, I don't know, like 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 I, uh, there's those memes online or like Instagram where they're like spray just a little bit of orange juice on the champagne. And I'm like, I like I like the mimosa traditional. I like it just sparkling wine. I also I bet, but there's something about pomegranate juice I've recently just really gotten into. And so it gives it kind of a really cool color.
1: That's what I was just drinking. Um, I love pomegranate juice and actually with a brunch, I can't believe I've never made this for you, Um, but I will do full spreads of fruit that are cut in like all kinds of shapes and they're beautiful. And then I will put out little bowls of pomegranate seeds to just snack on as like a thing with a a big spread of nuts. And I mean, to me, that's how you start a brunch. You know, that's that's your entryway. And then you do your other things that you serve in a very communal way. I, I love serving brunch, I love it.
0: Yeah. The, the, yeah. My, uh, so, so these good friends of ours invited us over for brunch and, uh, and they, and, and they are listeners of the show. Uh, but I mean, it was just really good to hang out with friends and they had like cinnamon rolls and bacon and crepes and everything. I'm like, who doesn't love brunch? Like it has, it has all these really great. So components. And we talked for hours. It was just good to kind of be in the same it's space so with good. somebody.
1: Yes. And that's how I feel about my week. So it happened. <laughs> I'm glad it's over.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and there were some real high points to it, and there were some really not high points to it. But I'm back at work full time. I am uh, in in the you know here in Southern California, school season starting up again, so we're starting to get into that space, and um, our meetings are starting, our retreats are starting. You know, the ones where someone throws a ball to you from across the circle, uh, and, terrible,
0: terrible, and
1: you then have to throw it to someone else, and then you, they realize that you do in fact throw like a girl and you're like no <laughs> someone get it really quick or you just put it to the give it to the person next to you so that nobody could tell um yeah i i uh i am looking forward to all these great things how are you doing matt
0: you know i'm doing good uh it's it's been funny so over this week you know in my office so people are working remote but you have the problem of, of what do you do with your with your old office so, you know, my office is kind of going through this transition phase, right? Like they're going, you know, some people are saying, you know, I need to come in once or twice a week and other folks are saying I, I can be 100% remote. And so I, I went and actually like cleaned out my old space, uh, which was which was fine. Um, you know, it took me about an afternoon to be able to collect all my stuff. And so, uh, you know, other people have been kind of coming in and cleaning out their offices. And, and we're gonna go to this hoteling model where you check it out. But it's really funny. I still have some people in my office who are like, I don't know if this remote thing's gonna work. And it's this camp that continues to want to pull us back into the office. And it's been very interesting on these meetings I've had because they're like, we should really have some more in-person meetings. And now with Delta, they are they really can't do that anymore. We're, we're actually kind right. of going back to the more, yep. you're wearing masks yep. in the office full-time and everything. Yep. But it's a very interesting diet because you see all the introverts who are like, I'm good, I've moved <laughs> out, I'm good. This is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. And then, yeah. and then you get this one person like, I don't know, maybe we should talk, maybe we should revisit, it's always a revisit, can we revisit maybe like three days a week people are coming back in or two days a week and it's like, Unfortunately like right now it's like 90% of our workforce is leaning towards remote and they've been very successful at it and and, and I will give I will give credit to the introverts who like sneak in when other people aren't around to clean out their office like I did and then and then like move out and people are like your office is like is like completely everything's out when did that happen I'm like oh it happened like Thursday it's like I went in there and got all my stuff and everything but but there's still this sort of like dynamic within these teams about folks you know really want to come back in the office and i and i also in sort of the conversations that i've had there's some folks who are like listen i'm you know i have a family in a two bedroom apartment i can't get any work done and i and i really like coming into the office cuz then i can focus on my work and i totally understand cuz i'm in a very privileged spot I, I have a house i have my own i built a studio i mean i built all this kind of stuff and so it works really really well for me so i recognize that there's some really legitimate reasons but on at least with with these team members it's just it's all about well i really like seeing people is there any way we can kind of force people to come back in once a week. And all the introverts are like, no, no, we're not going to do that.
1: I'm in the opposite camp of you because I am the non-introvert. I'm the extrovert. And so I love going into work. And just even if I see one person as I'm walking by, I'm like, oh, you know, like light from heaven shining down. There's another human being. I'm so happy it actually happened. I saw someone. Uh, But I do think it's really unfair to be assuming that if people aren't at work, then they must be goofing off. Like this assumption that, like, you're not capable of getting your work done in an environment that isn't your office, which I have to tell you, I work in both places. I am more productive in my office, but that does not mean that I don't take an occasional nap on the couch in my office as I would take an occasional nap on the couch in my living room where both places I've worked. I mean, it's not like I'm that different. And, and for people to assume that you must be fooling around when you're at home, I think that's really strange. I don't know who came up with the idea that like now, now they're just, you know, playing rock band all day or Fortnite or whatever, you know, instead of actually doing their work.
0: Um, I wish to ask a clarifying question. You have enough room in your office to fit a couch. <laughs> Honey,
1: my office, Office is—you'll understand why I took the pay cut to be in education. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my my office could barely fit my, my my actual work work office could barely fit two chairs like two like, no, 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 like no, no, regular no. chairs. No no, no 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 no.
1: I have a couch and I have a chair and then I have a table that seats four and then I have my own desk with a chair. Uh, so it's like it's an office man. It's an office. Must
0: be nice. Must be nice to have a lot.
1: Know, you know, I don't know if anybody can see me, but I'm kind of fluffing my bouffant right now because I'm very proud of this. I have a couple perks, and this is one of them. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to work. It's a beautiful feeling when I go in in the mornings. I love it.
0: Yeah, my, mine is just a regular old office with a desk and it has yeah, has so two chairs. Yeah,
1: there's a there's a reason why. I, okay, so maybe it's not that I'm extroverted. <laughs> maybe it's because I've got such a great office that a I really actually plush want to office. Like, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the only way you could ever take a nap in any of our offices is if is if you could sleep you know, sitting up in your office chair and everyone would see you because yeah, they, we don't have that well, kind of thing.
1: I've so. been in many different offices and I used to fall asleep at my desk. And you used to hear me snore, like, and it would be cubically. And people would be like, oh, he's uh, snoring again. <laughs> you can hear him like, you know, you know it's you when everybody goes, shh, 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 listen, listen, listen. So I had a funny story from this, from this last week of work. Uh, sorry, audience, you're going to have to bear with me. Um, I have been teaching a lot as of late, and I have been burning the midnight oil. And one of the guests who was coming in to teach in my class was the president of the university. And the plan was, um, I was gonna go back to my office while they were teaching and I was gonna do my own thing. But I came in and set up the class for them and they said, are are you gonna stick around? And very oddly, I couldn't leave then. So I'm like, oh, I'll gladly sit in the back of the class. So I was already very tired. This is a two hour class, problem. And an hour and a half in, they finally decided to let us go on break which was really, really difficult. And I felt myself fighting every urge I had to fall asleep. Come back. It's near the end of class. And the president says, now I would like everybody to close their eyes, focus on their breath, and I'm going to take them on a backcasting exercise. And I go, oh, "Oh, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to make it. And then the president turns around back at me and points and laughs like, I know you think you're getting out of this, but you're gonna do this with us too. I'm Like, oh God, this is it. So the voice starts, which might as well be pillow talk, you know, relaxing us back, counting backwards, you know, focusing on our breath. And I can feel all of the muscle tone in my neck just leave. And then I feel my mouth hang open and I don't remember anything else. And then I wake up suddenly snapping back because there's silence in the room. It's because the president was looking at me <laughs> when everybody else had come back to reality. And I am the jerk who fell asleep when the boss, boss, boss person in the room totally saw me fall asleep on them.
0: And, and you did not have an option like go to the bathroom, throw some water in your face, you, okay, you, you so, could
1: so, up? So ready for part two of the story, I show up for another meeting because I'm in the midst of other things where the president attends. And right before I got there, they were told that I wasn't at the meeting because I was teaching. And the president said, oh, yeah, I taught in that class. And, you know, actually, I have a funny story to tell you. I had them do this backcasting exercise and he fell asleep in front of the class. And so I enter the meeting Zoom like everybody is waiting and like, so, uh, we heard you couldn't keep your eyes open. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you are all terrible bullying. <laughs> I hate you. You're, you're, <laughs>
0: you're, you're gonna have the also. label. You're gonna have that label of sleeping oh, I'm yeah. that
1: guy. I'm that guy now. I'm that guy now. So yeah, it was a funny story. Uh, it was ridiculous, uh, but that happened this last week. <laughs> uh,
0: so now, it, so is napping like culturally okay in your office? Do, do, do people no. take? Okay, because no,
1: doors locked, lights are off. Blinds are drawn, and I, I will take a 10-minute power nap. I learned to do that as a grad student. It made a difference in my day. I know a lot about uh, your fatigue and sleep and recovery and all those things, so I fully support it scientifically.
0: Yeah, I used to have a coworker who, she had the cubicle next to me, and she used to fall asleep. And she used to put her head against the monitor and just pass out, and, and she wouldn't snore but at first glance, when and, and I'm and I'm very tall, so when you would walk by cubicles, you could sort of see if somebody was playing yeah. solitaire. But at first glance, I would I would get concerned because it's like, how often do you see somebody who has their head resting against the monitor, the computer monitor, you know, and yeah. then and then so it's like, oh, you know, she, she she just starts of she sort of nods off at about 10 o'clock. And she wakes up at around eleven, and then then goes to oh lunch. Oh my god,
1: an, an hour! Yeah,
0: an hour. And so she she would just sort of lean forward, and then just like the monitor would just sort of hold her head, and then she would, and and it was it was interesting because like at night or like after somebody leaves, when your monitor's going to standby mode, you could see the head print on the monitor because she would just, it would just start, <laughs> and it would push her hair up a little bit. And oh, so, God. but I think, I think she was just, she would just get tired and, and sort of not off. But, but yeah, I, I, I had that. And then I had a CIO that used to take naps. He would actually fold his arms and put his, put his like head in his arms and it would be in big staff meetings and everything. So yeah, he, he, he was, he was nicknamed sleepy all the time. So
1: oh, no, I'm not that person. I'm usually pretty good. It's been a long time since I've done that, but I, I lost it this week. Anyway,
0: <laughs> it happens all of us yeah. The,
1: yeah 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 a little tangent there but I, I I like to share
0: well um actually you know I when it happens to me it's usually staff meeting there's a projector on and it's warm <laughs> and so and so I have like a couple of hacks one for what I think somebody told me that chewing gum can help and so usually I have some gum in my bag that I'll that I'll do it. but but usually I, I I usually get up to either get a cup of coffee Or I'll just like get up and go to the bathroom and just the physical movement of going to the bathroom sometimes can help. But if it's a warm, like small conference area where it's just warm and you're kind of packed in there and then it's like you're just looking at a slide deck, it's like, oh, yeah, it can make me very tired.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so rough. It's so rough.
0: Well, Doctor Marty, we actually have a listener question for you. Yeah, right. um, yeah. So the so listener question the the person decided uh, actually said that they prefer to stay anonymous, uh, but they wrote in and said that after listening to the show, they had a question about the booster shot. They said that they had actually received the Moderna vaccine, and they said mm-hmm. their parents did as well. They said, is the booster shot going to be like, you have to wait till the Moderna booster comes out? Um, or is it, cause like, if it's Pfizer, you need to stick with the Pfizer booster, Moderna, you need to stick with the Moderna booster. Um, it was their question of like, are we gonna be expected to sort of mix and match or wait until whatever vaccine we had or whatever company produced our vaccine, uh, should we also get the booster? So that was a question for you.
1: That's a fantastic question, actually. That's one that's gonna me, make me scratch my head. Um, I can tell you with a bit of certainty, without it being factual, because I'm not the one making those decisions. But all of the tests that are being done on this are going to be uh, to to where the booster is extended for permission. And so um, people who've had Pfizer are going to be given a Pfizer booster and Moderna is going to await the approval of getting a Moderna booster as well. And so if you have the Moderna, they'll do that. Now that's trickier because one would think that you know, logically, if you had the Pfizer, could you then just get the Moderna after? And there hasn't been any kind of FDA approval, emergency or otherwise, for people getting mixed doses of Pfizer and Moderna. There are cases where people have gotten mixed doses of Pfizer and Moderna, and it turns out that one of the things that people are finding is that mixing tends to, between the two mRNA vaccines, tends to create a little bit better of an immune response than having the same one both times. Uh, but but that being said, that's not definitive, that's not recommended. When the FDA starts recommending or allowing a certain kind of authorization, then, then it's because they were testing for that specific question. And because they didn't test specifically to see if you could use Pfizer with something else, then I don't know. Now, it's possible that Pfizer had asked specifically for authorization for anybody who had any kind of uh, vaccine previously, including Moderna. I doubt they did. I think that this is going to go to Pfizer folks first, and it will eventually be extended to either those that have Moderna, but you better believe that Moderna is going to be fighting for this too. And I I have a feeling that once Moderna does, then it will be similarly extended. Um, For those people that are in the immune compromised category, um, or they're in the health worker category, or they're in the uh, the elderly categories where this is going to be open season soon like like everybody come in if Moderna doesn't look like they're going to get the approval soon um, I could see this being extended very very easily via Pfizer so the the very correct answers I don't know I haven't read it that closely my pretty certain answer is that it's if you've had the Pfizer shots pretty certain I might be wrong and if I am I'll come back next it so you can say it um, but Uh, soon I think Moderna is going to also be, uh, be okayed for the additional dose as well. I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, but you know, if Pfizer can, it's in the interest of the government to have people getting boosters right now, because that booster is there to keep the, the healthcare workers working in the medical care facilities um, without being out sick with COVID during this next spike of the season, so those healthcare workers need to stay healthy. That booster will help them keep healthy above all else, because there's so many people that they will they will be treating and exposed to. And so, if those folks um, need the Moderna, the excuse me, the Pfizer shot, even though they had Moderna to begin with, then I think the FDA will find a way to make that work as well. Great yep. question, though, really good question.
0: Yeah. And just as a reminder to all of our listeners on the show, um, stay tuned to the end of the show. There's all of our contact information. You can reach out to us via email. You can drop us a voicemail. Um, and in, in just like this listener did, wanted to remain anonymous, you can totally remain anonymous or you can put your name inside there. This person was very clear. They want to be anonymous and they ask him the question. So we love listener questions. So Please feel free to send those in because we we always like taking a look at them, or just your comments. So it's always good to see that. But, so, but let me look into it also. Like I don't, okay. I've like
1: as I'm thinking about it, like it might be that Pfizer is okay for everybody, and I don't know offhand. But my hunch is that it's not yet, but it will be soon. But let me take a look at it, and we can give you a more uh, like a more confident answer next week.
0: For sure, for sure. Now, in the rundown, we had a lot of interesting news stories, so both medical and and technology. But I I had to bring this up just because it is everywhere. I've gotten so many comments and questions about because I'm a robot guy. Everyone's asking about the Tesla bot. So, d- Dr. Marty, did, did you happen oh, yeah. to see the the the, the Tesla bot? Uh, I didn't see it.
1: I heard I heard about it. I I, I heard it on the radio.
0: Yeah. So. Tesla has sort of a AI event um, and it's, it's like, it's like Tesla's AI day. And if you've been following uh, Elon, you know, he kind of has a weird history with AI because at first he was like, AI is terrible and it's, it's going to be the end of us. And we have to be very cautious. There was an announcement and it was a very weird announcement. So there was like, It was, you know, this AI day was about a three hour presentation and all of a sudden this guy shows up um, and it was meant to look like a robot, but he sort of shows up in this spandex onesie sort of outfit and does this dance and most of it's white. And then the top part is like black and there's no face. He's kind of like in this, I I don't know what what you would call it, but it almost, it looks very weird. And he does this dance and then Elon announces that Tesla is going to produce a robot, and so this this robot, you know, he's saying it's going to be five foot eight, um, and it's going to leverage the the same Tesla technology that we're seeing in the cars. Um, and he is he is saying, hey, it's going to be out in 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 twenty twenty two. Everyone in the tech industry burst out laughing when he made that announcement to say in twenty twenty two we're going to have these robots um, in our houses, and so. And he went on to say, sort of, which is very Elon esque, say like in the future these robots are going to handle manual labor, and if you you know if you have to do manual labor, it's going to it's going to be because you choose to do this. And so, guy that did the little dance and the ones he was supposed to represent the robot, but the robot wasn't actually there. So if you see any stories where it's like elon shows off this robot that dances it it wasn't there um he kind of i don't think he jabbed at boston dynamics but he sort of you know because boston dynamics has a lot of robot videos and is showing off these things um people were asking me like what do you think because you know you make fun of elon and, and i do you know he is a very successful business person there's no doubt about that what he's done with the tesla cars is is very impressive uh but when you're asking me are we going to have these robots that, like, we've seen in sci-fi movies that are like the butler in our house It's like, helping us mm-hmm. with things? I seriously, seriously doubt this. And I and, and I laughed when he, when he said 2022. And I've told people, I'm like, Elon often says, here's the goal that we're having out there. Model 3 was delayed. Cybertruck was delayed. Uh, his solar shingles, he put a date out there. We haven't seen that. Um, I don't think that this robot is is, is going to be is going to be showing up. And there was a price that got thrown out there that the robots would be about four thousand a piece. I also really doubt that too. And, and and when people ask me why, it's you know I'm like the Tesla technology while it's really impressive, is very much still in development. The cars are far from perfect. They are not fully self-driving cars. They make mistakes. They hit things. Um, we have seen some really unfortunate stories of them catching on fire. Um, we've seen we've seen this kind of stuff where it's coming along, but when he says it's autopilot, it's really not fully you know autopilot. Um, and the idea of a of a completely autonomous robot in your house that can lift things, that can make decisions and assist you, right? That's very sophisticated technology that is more than a car going down the road that's evaluating mm-hmm. other cars. It's it's a whole different level and so when boston dynamics does these videos where you see these crazy robots you know doing kung fu or jumping up and down or they're doing all this kind of stuff which they're all over youtube and and they'll say that is very sophisticated programming and to say that we're going to have this robot like you know we've seen in so many sci-fi movies you know helping us out in our houses and to say it's going to show up next year i i just didn't buy it
1: but okay wait um is 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 Elon Musk capable of taking the technology from Boston Dynamics and just applying that in a similar way, or I mean, if it's if it is out there, then why is it not feasible that that the Tesla Bot could in fact be a possibility?
0: He, I don't think he's taking the technology from Boston. I think, you know, and and from what I could look at at this announcement, it's it's going to be Tesla engineers developing it, Um, but when I look at the technology, like one, these robots are typically pretty clumsy right now. They're, they're not, okay. they're getting better, um, but they're kind of big and bulky and also they consume a ton of power and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of programming to help them to make decisions. And so when you have an AI, the way he started describing it is an AI that can help you do a variety of activities. And it's like, if you want, if you want a robot that takes out the trash for you, there's going to be programming involved to try to teach it well here's where my trash can is here's how you open the door here's where my tra- i have gates i have two gates how do you open that gate there's a lot of programming involved and it's not just you set up the robot and the robot just figures it out by watching you we're not there yet and so the idea that you know weird looking robot mannequin looking thing is all of a sudden going to pick up this stuff what we've seen from boston dynamics is they do really cool and interesting things But that's with a fleet of engineers programming it to do these Mm -hmm. tasks and and to help it understand what to do. So that's why robots right now, like my vacuum cleaner robot, while it can figure out how to navigate some obstacles, it has a very narrow scope of responsibility. And so a general robot that you could say, can you go out and mow the lawn? That's going to take a lot of programming for it to figure out the size and dimension of your lawn and how to use your lawnmower and everything else like that.
1: Yeah, I, I am imagining Rosie from the Jetsons right now. And I kind of want that East Coast accent, like Mister J, um, when whenever I come home.
0: <laughs> I, I just want a robot that that can clean bathrooms. That's really what I want. Oh, so
1: I don't. I am still uncomfortable with a Roomba. I like. I am so behind on
0: these. They're great. Of things. They're great. I know.
1: I know. I know. Everyone says that they are, but I am not a. Uh, I just. I, I've seen too many movies from the 90s that really affected me (laughs) when I thought that this was going to ruin our future. And so I'm having some trouble with this. The only robot that would be kind of cool would be like Data because they have the positronic matrix and that's what makes them able to play a violin.
0: Yeah, I give him some credit because he always throws this stuff out there. And of course, you know, he kind of connects the robots to Mars. Like if we were living on Mars and it's not a very hospitable environment, you could have these like robots running around and doing these tasks. It's an interesting idea, but the, but robotics, we're, we're still sort of in this early phase, you know, like my vacuum cleaner robot can figure out obstacles. It can navigate some things and it does a lot of very impressive things from a technology perspective. Yeah, I understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Like there's so much more computing power that's needed that, um, it's not like it's not like it's just an upgrade to a Roomba. It it really is an entirely different game when you're dealing with those levels of complexity. I could I can understand that. I can understand that.
0: Yeah, and I and when I was looking at this thing, I'm like, and and not to mention the level of testing that would be required, they predicted it to be about five foot eight, so about a five foot eight human. But I'm like, what if this thing just runs out of power and falls over on somebody? I mean, that's gonna be a pretty heavy thing going on in your house, and so I was like the weight and how it works and i'm like you wouldn't want to give this thing tasks like chop up vegetables like do you really want no, to give this thing no 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 that's you know? when
1: the isaac asimov story comes true yeah yeah
0: yeah and i like look at this i'm like i'm like so what kind of task could you give it so he was talking about labor type things and i'm like even if it's moving rocks someone's gonna have to program this thing to be that you lift the rock and you move it over and so yeah there's just so many variables so that's why i was like crazy uncle elon did a slide deck and it was really pretty i mean like This guy came out in the onesie, did the dance, and then he showed the slide deck and showed this, you know, this very sleek looking robot and saying, you know, it's going to come out in 2022. And I'm like, I I just don't buy it.
1: Uh, Can I tell you a secret? Sure. I was the guy in the onesie doing the dance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it was really weird looking when he did this thing. I I don't know. It was
1: a side gig. (laughs) Well, would you say that that Elon Musk tends to be more sizzle than steak? Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... So I think a little bit of that is is good. I think that you need you need people who are who are visionary, um, but I think that that he's starting to get a reputation of of being a little bit more sizzle than than being able to deliver. And and I think we we see that in in a couple of his ventures. I think um, he's notorious for setting dates and not being able to deliver on them. But he often does get a product like like uh you know, like the Model Three. It was it was really behind. He couldn't quite That's ramp right. up to be able That's to meet, right. meet demands. Um in the Cybertruck. Like I I have a coworker of mine who put down a deposit on a Cybertruck and and we see it, we hear about it. Um, but but it's it ha, it, we haven't seen it, it you, know, no. you know you know being mass produced and so but i think if if it's going if it's going to hit the market eventually you know the mar- the market will just have to wait um but i think the I, I, people got really interested in boring like those those tesla tunnels um yeah. but oh
1: yeah I, I remember that too
0: i mean they they put one in vegas and the reaction was it's a tunnel that that the Tesla cars run under. It wasn't like really. It's not going to change. I don't think it's going to be a world changing technology. Um, but now SpaceX, you know, he's yeah, doing some interesting yeah. stuff with that, and and, and I will mm-hmm. give him credit on that. Uh, but but he also has a tendency of really of, of exaggerating some things. There was actually an article I was reading. Um, th- there was a there was a book that was written where it's talking about kind of technology CEOs. And it, it, it definitely sounded like Elon, although he, it was said that Elon um, wanted to approach Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, about Apple buying Tesla. And in uh, the way the story was told by Elon to some a group of his close friends was that Tim Cook wouldn't even take the call, wouldn't even meet with them. And it was kind of like, you know, Tim Cook's really stupid because he didn't, he didn't take me up on buying Tesla, blah, 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 blah. Well, when this came out and it became, you know, became public, people started reading this. Uh, he said, "I have never been in the same room with Tim Cook." He was in the Trump presidency. He was in a room with all this big CEOs from all the different tech companies. He has been in the same room. Um, he also has said things like, "I was a founder of Tesla." He wasn't a founder of Tesla. He was actually an, mm-hmm. he was an investor in Tesla.
1: Interesting. And
0: Interesting. so and so he kind of has a tendency of. The truth is a little bit stretched, um, but he's definitely a visionary. And I think when he puts things out there, um, I think, you know, like with electric cars, he made electric cars cool. All the manufacturers are building electric cars. And yeah. And so so I think I think he does do that. So I think having a visionary visionary person or visionary CEO at the helm, I think, is really good. Uh, But I think sometimes he puts a unrealistic time frame on it. We haven't seen the Tesla semi. That was another thing he put out there. We're gonna have these self-driving semis running around and isn't that really cool? We haven't seen that either. And so I think he just sort of put stuff out there. And so, yeah, we're just gonna have to see, but I, I, I think it's about 50-50 uh, sizzle and steak at this point.
1: All right, well, take that thought with you and we're going to leave you with a word from our sponsors.
0: This week's episode is brought to you by Wet Panda Dry Bags. You know, it's pretty basic to think about dry bags, but it's so important. You know, when we're headed out to paddleboard or we're headed out to hike, um, I reach for my dry bag all the time because, you know, I have a digital camera, I have different equipment with me, and I am not always confident that my backpack is completely waterproof. So I just tuck it into my dry bag and I know that it's going to stay safe. And I even pack a wet panda bag in my gym bag because, you know, if I'm swimming, I can toss my swimsuit into the dry bag and close it up. And I know that the rest of my bag isn't going to get wet and nasty. So check out wet panda. They are exclusively sold on eBay. Just search wet panda dry bags and look for that panda paw. Thank you so much wet panda for your sponsorship of the Sunday brunch.
1: All right, we are back and we are back with an addendum. And that addendum is for that question that came earlier from one of our viewers. Uh, the Pfizer booster is available, will be available to both Pfizer and Moderna recipients. And so um, that should be available to both according to NPR and uh, I, that does make sense for, the, for especially the healthcare needs, but uh, we will follow up with this more. I didn't want to give you the wrong information. It does take us into the COVID corner, though, which is our favorite place to hang out, and this week, if you've been paying any attention, the FDA has now approved the... the uh, I, I don't know if it's Pfizer and Moderna. It's definitely Pfizer um, for for regular FDA authorization and not just the emergency use. And so that means that there's going to be a lot of systematic changes that go into effect. Like the military can now require that all of the people serving have that vaccine. It's, it's kind of like when you have um, people going to school and the MMR is required, uh, same idea. Now they could say the COVID vaccine is required because it's also been through the rigorous testing of the FDA to say, um, let's let's, you know, Trust us here this this works, get vaccinated. Uh, So I think in terms of the requirements that are there, uh, per the last administration a lot of uh, there wasn't a federal mandate on it it was very um, parsed out into local communities and states. Now. There are questions on what kind of groups are going to require this versus others, if they're going to be working unions that are going to require it or ask for that as, as a, uh, a means for them to work. They're going to like something like the military. So we're going to see now that it's it's been broadly um, authorized that it is probably going to be much more common that it's a requirement.
0: So with this news, do you think it will help with some of those that are a little vaccine hesitant? Now that it has the full FDA, do you think it's going to help with with certain members of the population?
1: I mean, there were some people who who were uh, concerned that that was the, or at least they stated that they were concerned that it had only received emergency use authorization. So it's possible that there will be an uptick. Um, I think that there's kind of a confounding of, of folks that like there's a mix between a distrust in general of, of a vaccine. And so they're not really sure if they can trust any vaccine. And then there's kind of a political component to it. And there's uh, uh, like a, a rights component and liberties component. So I think that there's, there's more of a Venn diagram effect that this is not going to be the thing that really makes it a, a big movement of the needle. But I think it's, it's certainly possible. It's okay. certainly possible.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I thought I had read that there were some people who are like, you know, I'm, I'm a little iffy until there's full FDA approval. And, yeah. and I'm certainly hoping that, that for for this population, if, if that's what was holding back, hopefully this will be a green light for at least some folks to go there and get the vaccine who were holding back a little bit. So, well, no, that that is definitely some awesome news. I, I know I was really excited to to, be, to hear that because I'm like, hopefully that'll mean like access for children, that it'll be a little bit easier. Do you also see this approval, meaning that'll sort of change processes for youth as well?
1: Um. I mean, I, th- I think they have to go through their own tests on, is a vaccine safe and effective for youth? And I don't know to what level they've been doing that. I don't know to where they are right now. Um, I mean, once they know, that will be out immediately, because that's the really, uh, the large spread, you know, demographic right now. So people are concerned, especially parents, that it's true that it usually doesn't have as severe symptoms in youth, but because Delta is what Delta is, we're getting higher numbers than with the previous uh, version of the virus, and so it is a real concern for people that have school age school aged kids, especially though that five to twelve range.
0: Now, so speaking of COVID, we have to bring this up because it's been sort of a funny punchline. Um, there was an article that was like that said, "You are not a horse," and this was via the <laughs> yeah. Guardian. FDA tells Americans to stop taking dewormer for COVID. So, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I mean this.
0: <laughs> the, one of the problems
1: so there's there's this this drug called ivermectin, uh, which is like an anti-parasitic drug, that when there are trials that have gone out to suggest that at the level of of in vitro, which is is you know a, a dish of cells, you know it's, it's really test tubes, um, that it looks like there's some promise for one of these drugs. So there are tons of drugs that went through this kind of testing against the the COVID virus, um, then. People like flock to it, and this is one of the early things that happened with, if you all remember, hydroxychloroquine. And you know, there's this big rush to hydroxychloroquine, and people were giving hydroxychloroquine, and yada yada hydroxychloroquine. And the truth was, um, in science, this is very true. Things might work in a dish that don't at all translate to your body, and it might not work at all inside your body. And so it was very, like, the the gains were not very good inside your body for hydroxychloroquine. And they hadn't determined that the gains were very good for ivermectin. Um, But this antiparasitic drug, you know, while there are, it is available to people, um, it's also available in veterinary doses. And you have to understand with with veterinary doses, um, there's two big differences. One is the dosing. And a horse or an elephant or whatever are much, 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 much larger than us. And so the the amount of drug that one is taking with a pill intended for a horse is it, like, we have no idea to what level that could be damaging to you. Um, the second issue is whether or not the materials that are packed, like the inactive ingredients for, for an animal versus a human might also be different. It just is a different regulation. And I don't know what, what level they are with evermectin. Um But that also, we don't know how it's going to react with the human. And chances are, is I mean, my guess, you know, it's not even a chance. There. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, so between those two things, there has been no testing done of whether or not you could take this in, in, in human use. Even somebody really clever who decides the appropriate dosing, it's at your own risk. No, it really is, because you don't know if this other part is going to actually affect you, the 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 stuff that's non-active or inactive in a horse might be active in you. So um, there's been a run on ivermectin, and people are trying to get it in in these veterinary markets uh, for pills. And uh, you know, the FDA is like, just stop it, (laughs) stop it. We don't even know if if it works. We know that like the test tube worked, but it doesn't. We don't have this this kind of uh, expansion into into the human use. It might one day, but it doesn't seem like it is going there. I mean, there have been other meds that have actually gone that route that have been much more successful, um, like the um, well, that dexamethasone was used that way. It was It was used for something else. It's widely available. You could also find that in, in animal use It's similar. You don't want to use the animal one because it's meant for you know those two reasons. Um, but they went through all the tests to see. Okay, it works in a test tube. Works in a human. Awesome. Let's let's do it. So that there were a couple of things that were going on with these stories that I think, uh, you know, I, I've talked to people who are veterinarians before, and I've, I, you've know, said like, you know, it's it's the same drug, but it's this other stuff that you have to consider, like dosing for sure. That's the biggest, but then secondarily, what else that that pill is packed with, and I guess the the third component is how it's delivered. So. For some animals, you give it as a suppository, which you'd never do as a human or vice versa. Or you might do an in injection or you're like, all of those things matter. And we don't know what's safe or not, especially if we're coming at it from the outside. And those little things can make a big difference and be very unsafe. So don't do it. We don't even know if it would work if, if it if it um, weren't a veterinary dose. So that's that's the take on that. But the, the story sounded great. You are not an elephant. It sounded like, or you're not a horse. It reminded me of that that Zoom meeting where the the lawyer had the filter on his face, where he was. A I am cat. not a
0: cat. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and he started off, "I am not a cat," and the judge says, "Like, I know you're not a cat. Thank you," uh, but it's like, "I am not a horse."
0: Well, yeah. When I when I saw that, I was like, "Really?" So do not take medication that's meant for animals. Yeah, that that no, um, that not makes necessary,
1: not necessary.
0: So I didn't know if you happen to have heard about the uh, multiverse is back. Um, and it, it was definitely a weird, uh, sorry, the metaverse, not the multiverse, but the, that's a Marvel thing. Uh, but the Metaverse, we talked about on the show uh, a couple episodes ago that Mark Zuckerberg says he wants to be a Metaverse company. And we didn't know what that meant at the time. And so uh, there was a sort of an event by by Facebook. Um, and, and for those of you that don't know, Facebook also owns a company called Oculus. And Oculus is a virtual reality company. And there was sort of this weird announcement around this uh, sort of this virtual space. So imagine sort of like, I don't know, I probably like a cartoon kind of thing. It was like this animated world that these that these folks are putting on these their VR goggles and they're appearing in this virtual environment. It was sort of like this U-shaped table and these little like you know animated version of themselves they didn't have legs they were sort of sitting on these hovering chair kind of things but these are like avatars sort of appeared and when they were presenting this product mark zuckerberg appeared virtually in this space And they were showing off not only, you know, you sort of putting on this VR headset and appearing in this virtual conference room, but also people were like, there's like a screen in the background where people were like dialing in very much like a Zoom meeting. And Zuckerberg joined, you know, this virtual space. These other people had these virtual characters themselves and they're very, and they're saying they were wearing virtual goggles. So you could like turn to your left and turn to your right and you could see your virtual coworker that looked very much like this animated version themselves. And, uh, he, Facebook is creating a product called horizon workrooms. And these are these virtual workrooms where you would put on your VR headset and you could, and you could have these meetings. Um, it, it was, it was interesting. Um, and he was talking about, you know, how people will work in these virtual spaces and you could collaborate. Um, he was also discussed how, in this virtual space, you could have multiple monitors open at the same time, you know, instead of like in your normal office where you have, maybe have one or two, you could have these big monitors and create kind of this virtual workspace. And so it was, it was interesting. Um, I I mean, it was, it was what I watched it and I was like, huh, this is really cool, but I just don't see this translating into like my workspace. I mean, I think that it was a pretty big leap for us to be, on video all the time and and into, you know, present using all this technology, jam boards and all this. And we still have lots of different technologies, Zoom and we have, we have -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, And it took a lot to kind of get this technology to work and to work well, and it still doesn't work that great. And not to mention internet connections, those type of things. But the idea of you having a VR headset and joining in this virtual space, does it make collaboration easier? I didn't think so when I saw it, and so. But I, I was kind of curious on on what your take on this story was.
1: Um, I don't have a whole lot of take on it, other than I mean, I kind of like as, as you talked about. I kind of like the way things are. Um, I'm not. I'm 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 so nerdy. Like I'm bad at VR. Like I I get dizzy with VR, and so it
0: can make you sick.
1: Yeah. I, I'm that guy. I've, I've used it a little bit, like with the Oculus kind of thing. And it's fine, but it's not my cup of tea. I, I actually like, as you pointed out, like this kind of 2D world. I've been told that, um, oh, what's the name of that, that thing where you can, um, it's like One Life or something? Oh,
0: Second so Life. Yeah. Uh, oh, Second Life. Yeah, I used Second, I, life, yeah, Second, I life. Use Second yeah. life back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I was a yeah, big Second remi- Life user.
1: It kind of reminds me of that idea. Um which has the potential to be interesting it has the potential to be interesting um I don't know if we're gonna go there or not, but i I kind of like separate i like in this way I like compartments, you're either real or you're not, and if you're not, it's kept like I still like playing highly stylized video games that are like two dimensions like in intentionally two dimensions rather than. The the three dimensional kind of first person, especially first person shooter, I can't do at all. But like, I, I, I like either thinking of it as two dimensions or it's my real life. Like, that's what I want. I don't want anything in between. And I kind of feel the same way. But this is a personal preference. And I don't know if that's how everybody feels. I know people do like the idea. And when you, you know, bring in, you know, this virtual reality, yeah, 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 like you say Second Life and it takes you back to that. And I mean, it does sound interesting. I just don't think that uh, it's my cup of tea.
0: Yeah, and for those of you that don't know what what Second Life is, um, Second Life was and Marty helped me out if I if I get this wrong, but when I when I used it, you created a virtual avatar of yourself and you would go you could interact with this with this world. And this isn't unlike many of the gaming scenarios, uh, but you would have this second life and you could fly and you could visit other towns and cities and those type of things. I liked it. I used to tinker around with it, but then I realized like you have to earn money. Like you have to have a second life job. And I'm like, I already have an eight hour oh, job. God. I'm not going to take <laughs> a second life character and then have to like work. But, and there were people who, when second life got shut down, were really disappointed because they had built up a fortune. They had bought property in second life. They had created this virtual world um, and they got shut down. And, and, uh, it, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, You know, Facebook has tried, very hard to get into the corporate world because they had created like Facebook I think it was like Facebook enterprise something like that they're like well let's create Facebook for work and I don't I don't know anyone who actually deployed it in in like the business world and so that didn't go so well um, oculus has done pretty well for them but they also had a um, I don't know what you call it it was sort of like this Facebook messenger appliance where you could have like video meetings. Um, I knew a handful of my friends that got them to test them. And the only, because you can't trust Facebook with your data, they ended up giving them to their parents because it was uh-huh. easy for their parents to push a button and have it do like a video chat thing, but they didn't want this appliance sitting in their house that was tied to Facebook. And so it's it, when Facebook releases a new product, um, particularly in this case, they, they're really trying to make it for the workforce, they still have a problem with trustworthiness because they are not trustworthy. And um, a lot of times when people are like, well, what would make the enterprise or the private sector really hesitant? It's like, because these companies have very proprietary information and they are not comfortable with companies that have a track record of sharing information or using it in bad ways. And also, government clients are also in that same boat as well, um, where they're very, very nervous uh, about some of these companies that have a bad track record of, of sharing uh, confidential information. And so, um, I, I don't know how workrooms is is really going to take off. I'm, I think it's interesting. You have Microsoft with Hololens, you have Facebook that has Oculus, and I think they're trying to find um, a way outside of gaming for Oculus to be used, and you know, in the private sector. Uh, but I, I, don't know. It was, it was one of those, I'm like, huh, that's really cool. But I don't see, my coworkers have a problem just trying to get their cameras to work. So I don't see them mounting like a toaster onto their face and going into this virtual environment
1: by any means. <laughs> <laughs> it would also be weird if you, yeah. Um, can you imagine going into one of these things like, oh, have you been working out? <laughs> Cause you can make your avatar any which way, or, you know, like you just, I, I, I really like seeing people or I don't like seeing, people. you know, it's like, I'd like it one or the other. I don't want there to be some kind of in between. I, w- I want it to be real.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think it's something I'm going to be following the interest um, to see how it takes off. I thought virtual reality was not going to really do well because I thought it was kind of clunky. Um, the mm-hmm. few times I had used it, and, and what you experience with it, kind of making you nauseous. Um, I had that very similar experience. The the one of my friends, we, you know, we were kind of tinkering around with it, and it was the refresh rate was just hard on my eyes, and so so it kind of made me motion sick when I was using it. Uh, but they're yeah. but they're trying to make it a little bit better, and so I think I, I think it's just gonna be just, just something that was interesting. But yeah, I, I don't really think it's full on Ready Player One quite yet. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, some other stories that uh, popped up in the rundown, and you are a uh, Android user. Do Did Correct. you really use Android Auto a lot? No, never. Okay. Well- Yeah, what uh, is it? Yeah. How so, does it work? So Android Auto, um, which they were ahead of Apple in this, which which a lot of times a lot of Android technology really is, they had Android Auto. And a lot of people, when they think of Android Auto, when they plug their phone into their car, their car's infotainment system, sort of the screens in their car, show an Android-like interface. And you can get to your music, you can get to Google Maps, you can get to all that kind of stuff. Um, And I think it's been a very successful product because automakers are terrible at interfaces. They're terrible at maps, they're terrible Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. how you input the addresses. It's it's bad. Um, I've used Android Auto. I've also used um, also Apple's product as well, because they have a very similar product that, that, that connects into the infotainment system. Uh, both are really, really good because the phone, because phone makers are pretty good at interfaces and they've created a very nice interface that sort of looks like your phone, um, you know, because Apple, they call it CarPlay. Um, it looks and feels just like my phone. So when I'm using the maps or I'm doing something, it's it's very friendly to me and my get to all my music and everything else. But Android kind of did, they, they had had Android Auto, uh, for the car. And that that was a component of it. But they also had Android Auto for the phones. And they are like, no, we are going to discontinue this. And what that was, was you could actually put your phone into this like um, Android Auto mode. And, and I have a friend of mine who has like a nice little mount. And so he kind of sticks it up on his windshield. He switches it into Auto mode and you kind of interact with it because it doesn't have an infotainment system. You know, he just kind of uses his phone in this mode. And in and Android has been pulling that back and then they finally said that it is going to be uh uh, it's basically dying and they're going to get rid of it um and google has been pushing this new google assistant driving mode where it's going to have a custom driving interface uh for people and 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 they're going to try to make it a little bit nicer but there's a lot of people out there that were using android auto for phones um, I know some friends who are like Uber drivers or uh, Lyft drivers and they and they use it for maps and they use it for all kinds of things, but it's not tied into their car. And so um, Google users were a little, uh, the Google Android users were a little upset that this uh, particular component of their phone looks like it's going to be killed. So I just wasn't sure if you actually use that feature on your phone.
1: Nope, I didn't. I'm, I lucked out on that one. <laughs> no, I I know. I, I, I definitely don't use it
0: yeah it was just, it was just disappointing for some of these folks, and so that there was a little bit of a a little bit of a dust up this week on that and and I and I get it, but you know uh, Google does have a tendency of packing a lot of features into Android, and then when certain things don't work out, they kind of they sort of get rid of it. and so that can be a little bit challenging there for some folks. so. Those of you who are using it, please take a look at the other options, sort of the driving assistant mode and those type of things uh, and start to transition. But if you have the nice little infotainment thing where you plug your phone in and it turns on that infotainment, some people thought that was going away. That is not going away. That's built in. They really like that. They they have lots of relationships with the car manufacturers. They do not want that piece to go away, just like Apple doesn't want CarPlay to go away. So that is gonna be uh, a, a pretty safe bet that that's gonna hang around for a while now in other google news um many people use their apple watch or their their phone to use apple pay to to pay Mm -hmm. with with different things i really like it i wish more stores would take it because sometimes i don't want to take my wallet with me i just want to go down the store use my phone or a lot of people use their apple watch and they just they just hit it and they do their they, they do the thing and particularly during the pandemic there was um, some hesitancy to handle cash or handle credit cards or those type of things. And so a lot of folks were doing sort of the touchless option where they were like, hey, you just do everything through your phone um, or you tap your card. They, they didn't want to handle all that kind of stuff during the pandemic. Now, uh, Google has an equivalent product of Apple Pay called Google Pay. I don't know, Do you, do you have you messed with Google Play at all? I mean, sorry, uh, Google Pay?
1: No, I haven't ever used Google Pay either.
0: Okay. So uh, Google came out with this ahead of Apple and there were some stores that sort of jumped on this and there's Google mm-hmm. Pay and then there's Samsung Pay. Um, and they had it out there, but it really wasn't being widely adopted. And recently there was like in the news, there was a lot of sort of churn over with Google with their team. So. Um, this article was actually by Ars Technica, which they, which they actually fo- was actually reporting on some information from the Business Insider that said that the Google Pay team is in a lot of upheaval. That they've lost some engineers, they've lost um, a lot of key folks in there, and they're basically calling Google Pay a disaster because it just has not it's just sort of hasn't worked out for them. And, and when you look at sort of the market share, um, Apple Pay is 92% of the mobile wallet transactions by brand. So Apple is just killing it. And so, um, and since this is really, Google should be killing it. Like they should be taking, they have more, they have tons of phones out there. We have companies that are interested in this sort of, um, this near field communication or NFC devices, the ability just to pay with your phone and they're losing people and there's a lot of upheaval so this is just another example we talked about google's ai division where they were kind of getting rid of some people we're also seeing just some uh folks leaving and some leadership changes and stuff like that in a particular area where google really should be making a lot of they should be making a lot of money quite frankly and users should be using their product and we're just seeing some some uh, some upheaval over there so it's kind of a big story that for a sector of their business that should be really big and this in this particular spot they just seem they can't seem to hold on to people
1: um, I, I i don't i don't think that google maybe it's because that the the way that they design things is missing a couple steps like apple just tends to do design so well that things happen from start to finish, and I don't know how the different companies go from start to finish, but it's it's kind of the story of those two companies, right? Like that you have one, it's one's more available, one's less expensive, one is more of the people's thing, but the other is the design is so intentional and it's so strong that whatever happens is kind of golden except for a couple products, but generally it's golden. So it sounds like that's what's going on again, unless you have a different way of viewing it because you're closer to these things than I am.
0: No, I think you're right. I think Google does have a elegance to the way they do things and they've made it where Apple pays very easy to use. Um, and actually, in the in the Ars Technica article, they kind of talked about the Google Play product, and there was actually um, I'm quoting from the article: Google Play just became an unusable mess for the next few months. Oh. Um, and so they're Google saying Google Pay, that, right? Yeah, Not Google Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Google Pay. Sorry, um, they're saying it's an unusable mess. So they've just had a lot of it's been fraught with problems, and so I and and I am really hoping that Google can get this particular product back on track. Because you don't want to have an environment where it's all Apple. You you want you want to see some competition. Um, you want to see you know like Samsung. I don't see Samsung Pay being a real big market leader in this case. But I do think for Google, you know, it's always like Google and Apple kind of fighting each other. So I really hope that Google Pay can kind of. Get the product back on track because I think this, these these NFC or these touchless options for payment is where it's going. I mean, my, my friends oh, love, yeah. love tapping with their watch at Target. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, know yeah. many, I know many people are like, I'm out for a run. I want to buy a bottle of water someplace. Yeah. And, and they don't it's, want to carry especially their Especially now. Especially yeah.
1: now because you don't want to have your hands all over someone's credit card thing. And, yeah, it's, it feels way better to do that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and many places are going to um, – you know, having your ID on your phone. And they're, and they're, and they're just kind of saying your phone is, is sort of your whole world. And so why, why wouldn't we have payments be better? And I also really recommend people use it because the actual transaction through Apple Pay is more secure. So, so if you're paying with, with your phone, um, the way Apple does it is the moment it does like your face ID or if you're still using your fingerprint, in that moment, it sends a unique token to that credit card machine to pay, and then it and then it proceeds to process the transaction. You typically get some sort of notification that says, you know, I I spent twelve dollars at Walgreens. That token is unique to that specific transaction. So if the vendor you're doing business with has is compromised for some reason. Um, that token can never be used again to take money out of your account it was only for that moment and so it's a more secure form of payment so i really hope that google can kind of fix this problem and and get better out there because i think that you know particularly with you know we hear about all these breaches i would rather use apple pay and know that you know hey target got compromised or or any of these and and i just know it's like okay i don't have to worry about getting new credit card numbers or monitoring them real closely because it was, you know, all, all those tokens have expired essentially, and so yeah, it was it was a little bit of a shame to see this article to hear that there's just so much upheaval and churn over there.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I completely under, I hear you. It's, it's, this this world is so crazy. It's, things move so quickly, and like little the littlest thing can make the biggest difference. And so, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on all of these things. So um as as we are rounding out for the hour uh i want to ask everybody to continue listening to subscribe to contact us Um, we love to hear from you uh we will have our contact info after the show as we always do uh and i'd like to remind you as always to keep eating brunch and then change the world
0: Thanks for listening to The Sunday Brunch. Before we go, show some love to our podcast by leaving us a review. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out our website at sundaybrunchpodcast.org. You can also reach out to the podcast via email at the Sunday brunch pod at gmail.com. That email address again is the Sunday brunch pod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail and this is for us callers only at area code nine, seven, zero, six, two, seven, seven, four, four, five. Again, that phone number is nine, seven, zero, six, two, seven, seven, four, four, five. Thanks again. And we hope you will join us next week.